Welcome to the GSD Factor Podcast Season 2 with your host, Misha Blamire-Farish. Welcome to the GSD Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Misha Blamire-Farish, and today I'm excited to have Edwin Moreno and Henry Martin. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Edwin, why don't you start us off? Tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Misha. Thanks for having me here. I really do appreciate it. My name is Edwin Moreno. I am a risk management advisor and sales manager for an independent agency in Chicago, uh, specializing in commercial insurance. I've been in the insurance industry now for 14 years. I have a 13-year-old daughter that has been, I've been watching her grow, and I think she's been watching me grow throughout my career and throughout my dad journey with her. And, you know, I was born, born and raised in Chicago and have been, I'm excited to share more about my journey of being a Black Colombian man in the world of insurance and navigating the 14 years through being in, you know, uh, the independent world, being in the captive world and, and learning a lot of, um, a lot of ways to be through, through that whole process. Awesome. And excited to dive into that conversation with you. Henry? Uh, yes. Thank you so much for having me on, Misha. This is great. This is actually my first podcast to be on, so I'm I'm excited and a little nervous. Oh, um, we got you, bud. <laughs> thank you. Uh, as about myself, my name is Henry Martin. I've been in uh, the insurance industry for the past five years, uh, working in marketing. I previously came to this from 18 years in the hospitality industry. <clears throat> I started working in restaurants as a bartender and a manager. Uh, really to feed my lifestyle of traveling. I solo traveled around 30 countries before I was 30 years old. And I'm, I've learned that new, I learned that new experiences broaden our mind. Like there are new places that we can grow and learn. And I spent all of my younger years exploring as much about myself as about other cultures as about what makes us different and the change. <clears throat> I now have a four-year-old son and a beautiful wife. We spend our time here just south of Nashville, Tennessee and Franklin. And I want all of my time to be together to be with my family. And I want everyone to understand that these are all goals and attainable things for everyone out there. Oh, I love that, Henry. And I'm excited to have both of you here because I think where this conversation, we're gonna be able to talk about so many different things. Um, from, you know, insurance industry, from coming from different cultures and backgrounds and countries um, to, you know, being in the insurance space for a while, but then transitioning into the insurance space, right, and making insurance your next chapter. So Edwin, let's lean into your conversation a little bit more. And let's talk a little bit about your background and your culture and how it's been navigating that, because you've really had to live out um, the attribute of being confident, being resilient, even being influential. So let's lean into that conversation a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Misha. I've, um, yeah, there's so it's, it's, um, that's a, that's packed. Um, And I think it's, it's like packed with, it's packed with story based off of just different, different, different situations or different encounters. And it's also packed with a lot of emotion. Um, so I, I think, you know, I'll start with, you know, coming into insurance, really what, what, what attracted me was the lack of understanding in the Latino community when it comes to speaking, when it comes to Spanish speaking business owners, 
not really understanding what they have or why they had it. And a big part of that was, you know, they would say, I know I need this, so I'm going to purchase it and just be consistent with paying it. And then maybe something would happen and they wouldn't be covered. And they would say, well, why have I been paying for something that never worked for me? And then I would maybe, I would read their policy and I would notice, well, hey, you don't have this coverage or you have an exclusion that wouldn't cover that or something as simple as this is actual cash value and you should have had replacement cost, you know, or hey, did you know that your deductible is a percentage? So there was all these different, just these the nuances of the insurance world that people that reminded me of my aunts, my uncles, my grandma, my grandpa weren't able to navigate unless they had someone who can advocate for them and who could speak their language. So I came in as a translator at first. You know, I was selling supplemental health insurance, walking door to door, selling um, Aflac to people. And, you know, the job was, all right, get as many people in front of you and then have them sign and move forward. But really, I noticed that I wanted to do more than that. I wanted to really, you know, dig in and ask them, why do they think that they need this? What do they think this is going to cover them for? And the more I asked those questions, the more I realized that there was a huge gap in the community. So I immediately dove in to be an advocate and it's, it's served me throughout my career. So it's, it's been, it's been great. And it's been challenging because I've had to face people that believe that it's about the money and believe that, you know what, I want to sell as many policies as possible to make as, as much money as possible. And a part of me is I'm in this industry because I do want to earn a living and I don't want to compromise myself. I don't want to compromise my integrity in order to get a sale. So there's been a lot of sadness, a lot of anger, a lot of fear, you know, coming in and choosing to be different and choosing to say, well, no, I'm going to go more into my ancestral culture, my ancestral background of community, of sharing, of being open, of expressing truth, instead of, you know, choosing to kind of you know, let me let me hide let me hide um, in order to get this deal. And um, you know, I've had leaders that have not wanted to work with me once they see that I'm not willing to compromise my integrity. And I've also had people that love me because of that. And I've been able to gain great contracts. I was able to open my independent agency because of the relationship that I built with carriers and with people that work within these carriers because they saw how I wasn't willing to compromise my integrity and they actually admired that about me. So you know, it's, it's been turbulent and, and it's also been rewarding for me to embrace more myself, embrace more of my culture and bring it into what I do, opposed to try to find ways to hide uh, who I am and hide my culture. I think what's so important is living that true authentic self, right? And saying, I'm not going to, this is not going to be a compartmentalizing thing, right? This is, I'm going to bring myself with me. I'm going to bring my family with me, my ancestors with me. And we're going to live out that life of work, life, family integration that I like to call it, because we are bringing, we're bringing our whole selves to the table and being able to bring that to, to an industry that, you know, is really needing to lean into a DEI culture and now thinking about the belonging component of that as well, I think is so important. Um, and I really commend, you know, your resiliency and your confidence and your influential leadership, right? Because I think leading your community 
and leading in that way um, is really serving you well. Thank you. It, it really is. And I, and I want to encourage others to embrace that too, and to bring it in in any way that they can, you know, and, and, and challenge it and challenge the place that doesn't want to accept it because there are, you're right. You know, there are too many places that, I mean, when you think about the history of insurance, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's really, when you really look back and you really think about where insurance comes from, I mean, it has a dark past. I mean, yeah. it was, it was, it was literally, I mean, you know, there, there were people, there were my, I had ancestors, you know, there, there, there's, there's, lineages of individuals that were that were that were being insured you know and and i mean you know it could it gets deeper and people should do their research and learn more a little bit about it because then we could kind of see why it is the way it is it's like when you look into it, you're like oh this is why it's this way and then i think when you when you remove the mystery then you start to see and then maybe the people that are that have um uh unconsciously followed suit can say well wait a minute you know, maybe there's more here and, and, and maybe, and, and maybe there's more for me and maybe there's more for us to express and to bring to the table so that we can accept more uh, diversity. Absolutely. So Henry would love to get your thoughts into this, right? Because I think you being newer into the industry and transitioning after a full, you know, a full career in the hospitality space and then transitioning into um, into this space, right? <clears throat> and and bringing all all of who you are as well. Would love to get your thoughts into this conversation. Yes, thank you, Misha, uh, and and Edwin, thank you for all of that. Like that was uh, uh, warming and heartfelt, and and it it made me feel like like stronger and empowered because of it. And and I want you to know, I I came from this whole life in a completely opposite manner than you. I'm half Hispanic. My mother is from Guatemala. My father is from Nashville, Tennessee. He is uh, uh, as as white as they come and has no Spanish in him at all. And I grew up in the South in a town where I'm pretty sure I was the only Hispanic in the entire town. There may have been one or two others, um, but I was definitely one of the only one that came from a middle-class background. Um, my name is Henry Edward Martin III. It's not even. Latino in any way. So I spent almost all of my life suppressing the Hispanic side of me to fit in, to be normal. Because I didn't learn Spanish growing up, it was not a part of who I was for the longest time. It wasn't until I started traveling on my own that I literally, instead of becoming one with my heritage, I became one with myself. I traveled and no one would go with me no friends, barely any family. I went everywhere alone and I became comfortable with me. I became comfortable with my thoughts. I became comfortable with my quiet. I became comfortable with who I felt inside when I was just alone. And that confidence that I gained there translated through the rest of my life. And forever, I didn't need anyone. There was an independence to it. I love being with people. I love being around people. I love talking to people, but I'm comfortable without it. And what I then grew was that this is me. This is my heritage as a half Hispanic, half Southern man, just finding his way through life. And when I had my son, the first thing that I did was I named him Henry Edward Martin IV. And the second thing that I did was I found a school that's 
all Spanish language immersion. And I took him to Guatemala and I got him to meet his his great grandmother and his aunts and uncles and cousins. And I said, this is your heritage. And this is what you'll learn. Like, I didn't have that. I want that for you because I want to capture that for myself as well. There's, there's so much of hidden bias in our lives that, that we suppress on our own just to get through day to day. There are so many times you walk into a restaurant and the only Hispanics are working in the kitchen, right? And so I would be the one, hey, Henry, go talk to them, you know, go ask them for this. And I'd look at them and say, you know as much Spanish as I do. And I've taught myself more, I've learned more I, because I was in that situation, you know, but, but when you're constantly compared to uh, uh, the lawn help or, the, or, the, uh, or the, the kitchen help, or wow, it's just all the help, you tend to, minimize it. You tend to pretend that that's not you because it's not you in one sense, but also because you feel demeaning because of it. So I pushed my way through it. I got out of there. I changed my career to work in this insurance industry. And again, I'm one of a few of the few minority in the entire company. But I use my confidence in myself. I use my confidence in in who I am, and I use the fact that I am a six foot three, 250 pound man to get shit done. If things need to happen, if something needs to be done, if a decision needs to be made, I may be low on the totem pole, but if you're not making it, I will. And I will admit my wrongdoing and I will write in, your, in an email to you, I completely messed up and I made this mistake and I will own it but I will also own my successes. I will also say, I pushed this through. I got them to change this. I went to HR and said, you cannot do this anymore. And I think that's what really needs to happen is that Edwin and I are coming at this from two different sides of the same coin. You know, I'm pushing for myself to help others. And Edwin's found a way to help others around him. And I know he's helping himself in the same way. And I think that's really the big, the big picture I see here is that I want the integrity that, that Edwin has and I want the, you know, the confidence in myself that I know that I own. Oh my goodness, this is so good, you guys. I'm loving this. Two GSD men here. I'm so excited. So Henry, to your point, right? Like you're, we're approaching this from two different lenses. So Edwin, let's start with you, right? Kind of piggybacking off of what Henry's saying and talking to those individuals out there that are wanting to make a change, that are wanting to bring their whole selves um, and finding themselves and figuring out who they are. You know, what do you think is one of those next steps for them? Well, I, I mean, Henry, Henry's journey, I think, is a testament and is, um, is a perfect example of what a step can be in looking within. Yes. I think it's, it's beautiful. It was beautifully put, Henry, of, um, you know, really seeing that bias within yourself and noticing it. Right. And, 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 and you know, for me, it was that it was seeing hearing that voice. And it's it, I was in a coaching session and it was interesting. I said, um, I said to my coach, oh, you know, I heard this nasty voice, you know, and, and I used the word nasty and I, I reflected back on that. I'm like, you know, 
it's that was my voice that I heard. There, what, what I heard, the critique I heard towards myself was me, and it was a part of myself that that maybe I've I've historically had shame on, and 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 I was scared to admit the shame that was there. But I think that's the first step is seeing that there is shame there and noticing it and then and then looking at and then <laughs> looking at your family and looking at your background and recognizing that it's it's with you everywhere you are and and that there are biases and and that the internal biases are the first ones to notice and to be aware of because the external ones will always be there. But to really be with yourself and be okay with that silence and be okay with with that voice and, and be kind with yourself is a step that we can all take. And I think, you know, it's the first step towards awareness and consciousness that I, that I wish for everyone. Absolutely. So now let's dive into when we're thinking about this insurance space, right? We're taught, we've taught, we've taken a deep dive into who we are, um, that retrospect, but then living out, living out that uh, our true authentic selves right? What would you, uh, and Henry, we'll start with you, but what would you say is probably one of the, what's your top recommendation to someone that's saying, you know, I'm hearing Henry's story. I'm hearing Edwin's story. Um, I, you know, they're inspiring. They're empowering me. I want to do that next step. What would you recommend to them as your, um, you know, as a GSD man, what would you recommend that they do as they start to look at their career? Yeah. I think that the very first thing that we can do to echo Edwin is to acknowledge the shame around us and in ourselves around us to acknowledge that life, you know, can kind of be shit sometimes. Mm -hmm. Those of us in the United States, we tend to have grown up with this idea that, you know, we can be anything we want you know, like life is open, there, there are unending choices, but the reality is not, mm-hmm. you know, it's dependent on who you know, you know, mm-hmm. it's not what you know, it's who you know, it's, it's dependent on, on, on where we went to school, how long we were in school, what year we were born in, who, what neighborhood we grew up in, it changes everything. Um, and, and there's this underlying American philosophy to only talk about the good things in life, mm-hmm. right? You think about this, think about parenthood, you know, like, uh, like we're all told, oh my gosh, my kids are amazing. They're such sweet, wonderful, gentle hearts, you know, and, and we don't get talked about, about the anxiety that comes with having a child. We don't talk about the depression that comes that you haven't seen your friends in months or years, you know? We don't talk about what sleep deprivation does to you as your family. Like, like we don't talk about moms who are estranged from their, you know, the sisters or brothers or parents. We don't talk about husbands ourselves and what we go through. Because what are guys supposed to say in all of this? But everything's great, you know, or I went golfing yesterday. You know, like there's this, uh, this underlying belief that, that we are supposed to only talk about good things with mm-hmm. each other. We're, so that we don't, you know, bring somebody else down. So we don't hurt their feelings. And I think this is where it needs to stop. This is where it needs to change. With ourselves, we need to look at it and say, this is where I am. This is where I want to be. 
And here's the first step I'm going to take in that, right? It, it's okay for you to be staying still for a season. It's okay for you to take a deep breath and get your feet underneath you. But if you're noticing that you haven't changed, that you haven't studied anything, that you haven't learned anything, that you haven't gone outside for a hike or to sit out in the sun, if you found yourself just stopping, then you're not growing. You're not changing. You're just existing. And he, here's the thing. It's happened to me. It's happened to my wife. It's happened to my friends and family. I'm sure it's happened to everyone. It's okay to stop. And when you've recognized that you stopped, you take that deep breath and you start walking again. You start, you start studying again. You start getting a certification in this or that. You start reaching out for another job and another position within your company, without of your company. You go on a travel trip to, ch to change your life. You know, like it could be anything. You could go and take a trip somewhere and it's the worst experience you've ever had. And you come back and you've grown from it. You know, mistakes are not something that are that necessarily is going to bring you down. Mistake is something that you learn from. And that's where it starts is taking that first step of owning. Where do you want to go? Where are you now? Like, how can you get there? And you won't make it in one step. It will take a lot. It'll take a thousand steps and acknowledge that life is hard mm -hmm. and look at your friends and say, in this moment, I need help, but I need specifically, I need you to call me once a month and, and say, can we get together for dinner? You know, mm -hmm. like give them a specific task, right? I would love if my friend called me and said on Monday, we're getting together, you know, cause sometimes I get so lost in my head and my busyness that I can't, I can't figure that out. I can't, reach beyond myself. And I think what we are learning and what I learned leaving the hospitality industry and moving into the insurance industry is that there are so many things in life meant to provide us with a safety net, provide us with a sense of confidence, to provide us with a uh, a step underneath our feet to help get us to the next place. And we often look at it and say, well, no, 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 I'm fine. I don't really need that. I can do this on my own. And I'm going to challenge everyone to say, you might be able to do it on your own, but you will do better by doing it with others. Henry, so many amazing nuggets in there. Um, thank you so much, because I think you've touched on so many things, right, that as we're doing that work internally, it is doing that work and extending it, getting us back into the world, right? And I think it is it being present in those moments and saying, I, I've got to start with something. I've got to make a change in my career. I've got to, um, you know, understand that we are that progress and not perfection. Edwin, your thoughts? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I... It's it's the 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 awareness. I I love it's 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 the awareness. I love um to highlight what you were saying too, Henry, about stopping and where am I at? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and just for anyone out there thinking, hey, you know, it's it's um 
it's too difficult or it's like it, it might be and who can you reach out to you know who can you reach out to that is in the industry or that wants to or, or that in the industry that you want to get into if it's not insurance like whatever it is just kind of like who can you reach out to to say hey can i learn from you you know i just had a conversation so before so before before this i got a call from someone who um we set up a call together he's in in um in mexico and he's working on a business that he wants to start in Colombia. And he's just in the beginning stages, uh, phases, hasn't really done anything yet, currently has three businesses in, in three different countries and is thinking about Colombia, just not sure about the city. And the way he was asking questions was so simple. You know, and here's this man looking at his LinkedIn profile and has, you know, all these, uh, you know, has, has uh, all these connections, has, all these companies and and all and and um, all these different influences and the person that introduced that that connected us is someone who I also am very fond of and I really care about and and, and admire and I'm and I'm just in awe by how simple the questions were just kind of learning and you know and he was really honest about hey I'm I'm not sure what I'm not sure if I'm going to do something there it might fail it might it might it might be a success don't know what's going to happen with it but I just want to learn more about how the culture is over there and, and what it's like and and how simple and how and 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 how easy the conversation was. It really had me thinking, man, sometimes I, I overthink things and, and sometimes I'm I'm so much in my head. And, and what if I stop and and ask myself how I feel in a moment? And and I'm and I'm with and I'm with my fear, I'm with my my sadness, I'm with my hurt, because I might be hurt about something, or I'm with my anger, because I might be angry about something, or I just might feel joy, and I really want to be with that joy, and, and really use that as, as the sales to take me to what the next step is, because um, like Henry said, I, I agree, it could be a thousand, it could be 10,000 steps, and really focusing on, on the step that I'm at, and the step that I'm going to take next is 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 has been has been a gift and is something I want to continue practicing and and I think would be great for for others to give it a shot and and let me know how it goes because I I love hearing other stories you know and where they're at. What's so great about your story, Edwin? Right, Edwin, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up here on on this. Like, I think the thing that a lot of men go through is is the release of this emotion the acknowledgement of this emotion and and i'll speak for all men uh knowing that a few are, are different but when we express emotion it's often shut down mm -hmm. it's often we are told suck it up by our fathers or grandfathers or coaches or peers mm -hmm. we're often told like just just get over it or by the women in our life like if i express anger you know or or exuberance or you know surprise i i can watch the fear in their eyes mm -hmm. as they're like what is this that just happened because mm -hmm. i'm not doing it often enough mm -hmm. right they're not used to it they're not used to their dads or brothers or co-workers expressing it you know and then when we're when men are portrayed as angry, they're portrayed as violent, mm -hmm. you know, so, so we often suppress all of our emotions 
to protect ourselves and to protect the feelings of others around us. And, and this is something that we, you know, as a group need to work on. Yeah. We need to allow ourselves to be angry, yeah. but not violent. We need to allow ourselves to be sad, you know, yeah. and not just sad at a funeral, you know, yeah. sad because it's a Thursday and yeah. life is hard. Yeah. You know, like, like there, there's so much that we need to do as men is to allow ourselves to express. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Um, um, yep, I to totally, totally. And, and, and I love the, um, the point of, you know, the sadness doesn't have to be from, a, from, from this major loss, you know, the hurt doesn't have to be because, you know, a major, you know, it's just a major fight where I was mistreated, or I was like called these like terrible names, and I'm hurt because of it. I mean, I, you know, I had a conversation where I worked really hard on an account, and, and, and I, and I lost it. <laughs> And I, and I feel sad and I feel hurt that I put effort into this and it didn't work out the way I wanted it to. And so if we can normalize that kind of language and that kind of expression, um, I mean, just imagine. So good. And I think what's great about both of your perspectives, right, is it's bringing about that. Um, it is about bringing you know, the fullness of life, right? The whole, our whole selves. And I think, um, you know, I think it's important for our, you know, for our colleagues to see us living out that full life and our families seeing that, but also we have these tiny humans, these yeah. tiny humans are watching us and they are listening and they are learning. And one of the things I want to lean into here now next is, you know, as you know, both of you are dads and we, you know, between the between three of us, three of us, we have four tiny humans. Um, and I love the real talk, right? I think it's, it's the honest conversation that says, you know, parenting is hard. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not easy. You are constantly seeing a reflection of yourself. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, the reflection of yourself is constantly maybe talking back in some ways, but, um, you know, in this moment of full transparency and being just truly authentic with our listeners, you know, what is that, what is that one thing that you wish someone would have told you before you became a parent? No matter how hard you try, no matter how no matter how hard you try, you're not going to be perfect, and you're gonna, and like you're gonna, you're gonna do something to your kids that they're gonna resent you for down the line. No matter like no matter how hard you try to be like the perfect parent, like there is no such thing because then you just be resented for trying to be the perfect parent. So I, I really, that's that's something that that I that I would say. That's that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I'd say that. It doesn't matter what advice someone else has for you as a parent or about your child. They are wrong. <laughs> your child is completely different. Uh, something in their biology, something in their emotions, something in the where you live, something in your time frame will be completely opposite. Uh, um, you need to trust in yourself and your spouse, in your upbringing, in your research, in your doctor to find out what's correct. 
Um, just to give an example, uh, every time my child cries really hard, he throws up. Has been since the day he was born. And our doctor said, if you want him to sleep, let him cry it out. And my mom said, if you want him to sleep, let him cry it out. And all of my friends and all of the books said, let them cry. They will go to sleep. And I said, no, I am not going to have my child throw up every single 15 minutes just to get over it. Not all advice is mm. perfect. Yeah, I like that. Mm, yes. And I think some great nuggets there. And I also think too, for me, I think based on, you know, just our parent, you know, the, our parents um, and the age of our parents, right. I think one of the things that I really have taken, you know, taken as a mom and, and my husband, we, you know, we really live this out on a daily basis and it's hard. It's not easy, but it is in those moments when you are wrong with your kids or you have made a mistake, it is apologizing to them, right? It is saying, listen, you know, I'm sorry. I, I made a mistake. I made an assumption here. I'm, you know, I made the wrong decision here as you know, I am not perfect. I am a, I am a work in progress, but admitting that we're wrong and saying that apology to our kids. I think, you know, I heard a recent therapist talk about, you know, depending on your age and your generation, it was not common. Uh, it's not common for certain generations to have ever heard an apology from their parents, right? And so I think that that was something that as we embarked on our, you know, on our tiny humans and our family, we wanted to be sure that we were keeping that constant, um, you know, walking out that forgiveness and walking out that humility and saying, I, you know, again, I'm not the smartest person in the room. I'm not going to do everything accurately, but I want my kids to go, you know, my mom wasn't perfect. My dad wasn't perfect, but they apologize when they didn't do something right. Right. They, they learned from it and we pivoted and we re and we tried it again. And we, you know, we learned something from everything. I and, and Misha, we could learn 30 years from now our kid could come to us and say, you apologize for so many things and it wasn't even your fault. I was a dumb kid. We don't know what's going to happen with this. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. But I love, yeah. But, but I, I love that confidence of, I did not receive, I'm sorry, but I'm going to own it and give it to my children. Yeah. Because yeah. I'd rather have that than, than, than the standoff fear you know right right no i love well it's, it's the self-reflection it's like the example of self-reflection by literally self-reflecting to your kids right like <laughs> yes. like like that's like the coolest i mean and that's that's big that's so cool to be able to say hey remember when i said that i you know i was wrong you know i, I was wrong that's that's actually not the way this is what it is and and those are some of the hardest moments, Misha, and I think the most rewarding moments because it's like I, I grow too, you know. It's, it's yes. a, for me yes. to grow, and it's 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 like you know who knows what they'll do with it because like you're right, Henry, it could go so many different ways. <laughs> <laughs> 
you talked about being resented later on for something you didn't know it is. Exactly. It's gonna be it's gonna be for being too nice. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So so it's, so it's just like me so recognizing kind of like just it's it's the examples of self-reflection and the beautiful way to do that is by admitting, right? Admitting our flaws yes. and being honest about our flaws with 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 our with the little humans that we brought to this earth, right? Because ultimately yes. we brought them here. So there's yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so in our final moments here share with our listeners how they can get in touch with each of you but then also what are your what's your final nugget of wisdom uh, that you want to leave with our listeners today henry we'll start with you oh my goodness final nugget of wisdom i think i think the, what everyone should know is that there is more to learn in your life in this world than what you know now and you may think that you have an answer and you may think that you've got the life together that you want. And I will challenge you and say that it can be so much better. You can have more. You can work less. You can work more if you want. But challenge yourself to become greater than what you are. You can do it for yourself. You can do it for your kids. You can do it for your parents who might need help later on in life. Whatever your reasoning is, I will say, look within, find out where you want that next step to go and make it smaller and take that small step first. Awesome. And tell everybody how they can reach out and connect with you. Yes. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can find me uh, at Henry E. Martin three. Just look me up. Uh, I've got the beautiful face with a big smile and a white background and a purple shirt. Awesome. Edwin, final thoughts and how people can reach out to you. Yeah, cool. Um, Yeah, thanks, Misha, again. And I would say, you know, final thoughts is, you know, go, you know, I think, I think a big, a big, a big takeaway for me is the emotional piece and what, what we really, what we touched on about processing. I think one of the biggest things for me in my journey has been processing my feelings. And, you know, I think we, we go through different experiences throughout life when, from the, you know, from when we're born to where we are now, um, whatever age. And sometimes we kind of are on autopilot. I know I am sometimes on autopilot. And the reason why I may be on autopilot is because I'm not necessarily processing how I'm feeling in the moment. So I just want everyone to stop and ask themselves how they're feeling in the moment, you know, where they are in life, where they are in their relationships and be able to be with that feeling or find a way to be with that feeling. Um, There's different resources and there's different ways to, you know, confront what you may be facing and don't be scared to reach out. So, yeah. And then if you want to reach out to me, I have, um, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's um, Edwin Moreno, and the tag is emore one And I also have, I've been recently doing some, I'm um, just sharing uh, different uh, insurance policy types through reaction videos that I've been doing on TikTok under um, Win More Talk. That's uh, Win More Talk. And yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, both both of you, thank you so much for joining today. I have really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for bringing yourselves to this conversation and sharing with our listeners 
who each of you are and your journeys. Um, and I encourage all of our listeners today to reach out and connect with Henry and Edwin. And I think you can learn from them. They are great mentors. They are great colleagues. I am honored to call them both friends. So thank you both very much. Thank you so much, Misha. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you, Misha. Yeah, good and, to be with uh, you, Henry. You as yes. well. Yes. And uh, thank you to our GSD Factor listeners. And um, don't forget to get shit done. Thanks for listening to the GSD Factor podcast. If you liked this episode, please rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, where you can also find previous episodes. Let's also connect on LinkedIn and Instagram. If you're looking for more information on the GSD Factor, visit us at gsdfactor.com. And always remember to GSD, get shit done.